0: Um, Yeah, this episode was crazy.
1: I told you, it always gets worse. I told you! Alright, so let's get doing it. So, hello everyone. We're here. We're here to discuss with you the season finale of The Last of Us. Or, if you prefer, The End of The Last of Us Part 1. If you like the video games. This episode is called... It, well, well, what, Why do you have like nine? Masterpiece
0: Theater right now?
1: I don't know. I was having a good time doing it. <laughs> I was just rocking and rolling, and it's going to wait until you called me on it.
0: Or not Masterpiece Theater's, um, what you, uh, the, the, guy, the, need- the old guy that used to be on Turner Classic Movies.
1: I don't know who that is, because I didn't watch Turner Classic Movies, because I hated Black and White. Um, I oh. hated all movies before the 90s.
0: Which is incorrect, but whatever.
1: I know it's incorrect. Listen, I know you're right. It is something that even in adulthood I have struggled to get over. I've gotten to at least enjoying films from the eighties. Well, that's fine. Um we do what we can. Yes. So we are in season one, episode nine of The Last of Us. Look for the light. Uh what I kinda like about this verse is that if you if you watch the recap, it recaps the entire show. Like very quickly in like 30 seconds. I just I want to salute whoever put together that recap because that was pretty efficient storytelling.
0: It was a good recap. I actually needed it a little bit. So
1: yeah, I was like, I was like, why are they calling back to this scar on his head? Like that wasn't relevant in the games. And I thought it was just a little
0: toss away line. It wasn't. Oh, so that storyline about Joel trying to kill himself wasn't in the games?
1: It's mentioned vaguely. Um, There's a... When you are in um, Pittsburgh, so the equivalent of, of Kansas City, you're kind of clambering through a hotel um, to get around. And you come you can come across, depending on where you explore, two people, I think it's either one or two people in a tub, have clearly killed themselves. Um, and Ellie goes, and Ellie kind of blithely remarks, because she's a child, oh, I guess they took the easy way out. And... You know, Joel kind of counters with, um, you know, trust me, it ain't easy.
0: So it's implied, but they don't. This is this conversation doesn't happen.
1: Yes, it's implied that it easily, it's something he seriously thought about. And it does kind of fill a gap in, I think, I think this, we'll get to it later, but I think it feels an important storytelling gap in the show and the game. There are some things that make a little bit more clear in the game in this show that are implied in the games and I think it's simply because you have to make them a little bit clearer I, I at first I was what actually to be to talk about this to I was somewhat transparent how I don't the show is significantly less subtle than the games but I realized that it is a nature of the medium it is I think subtle for a television show but a lot more can I think be implied in a video game or you gather it from because you are the character does that make sense like they're taking it they're taking advantage of the medium in a certain way whereas when you play at, like you played as joel i was joel you know what i mean like i could understand his feelings because they were the same as mine you're kind of being led through it a little bit in a different manner than you were in the t te- and then in on television i
0: see okay so um Let's just kick this off and let's go. Let's go. I'm ready first. to get into it. All right. So, first before we move on, I just have to say, come on, we got to talk about the episode title Look for the Light. Look for the Light. It's the conclusion of When You're Lost in the Darkness, right? Well, that
1: was the first episode. Which title. was, yeah, episode When You're Lost one. in the Darkness. It's the Fireflies um, insignia uh, or catchphrase.
0: Yes. But it also, comp- it, it, um, It completes that phrase from the Fireflies, uh, and Mm -hmm. it also draws out parallels in episode one uh, for Joel.
1: Yes, he has found the light.
0: I love this as, like, a Joel episode.
1: It's a great episode. We start the episode.
0: Did you immediately know it was flashback? Remind me how it started again? Oh, oh, with Anna.
1: Anna, pregnant lady, running from the infected. She's running through the woods. We kind of see her behind. She runs into a farmhouse, um, and this actually is a reference to part two. So this the farmhouse is a house Ellie will live in in part two. Not not this particular house, but it looks very very similar to a house she will live in.
0: Oh, Okay. So were you thinking like, oh, are they skipping forward or skipping back? Like you were? No. The farmhouse. I knew exactly meant who it was.
1: No, I knew exactly who it was because I recognize i recognize the voice i recognize the voice immediately
0: yeah i didn't know where you were going with that yeah but um just to answer your question i knew it was ellie's mom like uh immediately
1: yeah i recognized her voice immediately i know her voice that's her ellie voice
0: oh right because that actor ashley johnson played ellie in the game right and
1: she's pitching her voice as a slightly older version
0: of ellie yeah they look a lot alike too Ashley Johnson and Bella Ramsey and look alike. So it was good casting for, for this show. It was. What else do I want to say about her? Uh, oh, yeah. The, the reason I knew it was Ellie's mom is because that's the only origin story. We haven't seen. That we haven't seen. So whose mom would I care about? You know, whose yeah. birth would I care about? It would only be Ellie. So,
1: yeah, the season opens with Joel's origin story and it closes with Ellie's. Yes. And so we see her kind of running from an infected. She's in active labor. Um she's running, running, running. She comes into this house, she locks the door. But the runner gets in. Um and she does kill it, but she does get bit. And at the same time, Ellie is like born. It's very confusing. It seemed like it would have been very hard. I don't know how I feel about it. It just seems like it would be very, very stressful
0: it was incredibly Uh, stressful and it was uh, like i don't know how they did a really good job of showing exactly how strong ellie's mom is and kind of drawing that parallel between the ellie we know and where she might have gotten some of her like chutzpah because that woman was she (laughs) she was doing everything she was fighting for her life she was having a baby and aside from the fact that it managed to bite her on the leg somehow. She was doing a fucking knockdown job at both of those things. Like delivering yeah, your own it. baby. So that was crazy.
1: Yeah, she was crushing it. Yeah. Um. And then, you know, she picks up Ellie and she's crying and I just love a, the, you fucking tell him, Ellie. Yeah, I
0: just that's loved right. it
1: because that's, that's her voice actress. I just loved That's Ellie. That's Ellie. Oh, I loved it. Oh, I loved it. Oh, I loved it. Oh, I loved it. Those are my feelings. I'm shrieking them at you across the internet.
0: Um, and then it cuts to the theme song. You texted me and, in all caps, and I had to turn off my phone <laughs> because I watched the fucking show after you did. And I was like, okay, I'm starting now. And before I hit fucking play, you're like, Anna is Ellie. And I was so goddamn confused because I was like, I'm pretty sure it's her mom. Like, <laughs> like I was like so confused. And, um, and then of course later... Like, learning that Ashley Johnson played Ellie. I knew what she meant. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's very cool that they got to incorporate her in that way. Yeah, they
1: got her. They got Joel. Um, there's another Marlene that is the same actress as well. Um, and there's another sneak peek if, of somebody else in the, in the sh- episode a little bit later. So we see Marlene and other fireflies approach after dark. And she, you know, move, Marlene moves through the house. She finds... Um, Anna singing to Ellie with a knife to her own neck and she's trying to get, Anna's trying to get Marlene to take Ellie to take her back to the QZ and she's like, she's like, how long have we known each other my entire life, your, our entire lives? And she goes, you pick her up right now and then you kill me. And, um, Marlene can't do it. She's like, no, 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 no. But she picks her up. She takes her and she comes back in and she kills her friend. And you see Marlene, it's, it's just, it's, Marlene is a focused woman. Um, And then it cuts to, you know, baby Ellie crying and then now, now times Ellie. Now times? Current day? Mm-hmm. Now times. 14
0: year old Ellie. So can we, why did you say Marlene is a focused woman?
1: She kills her best friend
0: with the slightest bit of like marginal
1: hesitation.
0: She does I mean she refuses at first, right?
1: She refuses, takes the baby and then kills and then stomp, storms back into the room and kills her. Mm-hmm. It's not like we don't see her kind of we do see her cry, but we don't it's not like this Yes, okay, I get event. what you're I was asking like, you to
0: spell that out. I get what you're saying. You're saying after she hesitates, but then Anna calls out to her and she goes back in, she doesn't say goodbye. Yeah. There's no ceremony to it. It's just pop.
1: It's just, I got to get this done. Head down, move forward.
0: Yeah. And she does it. I loved how they built out her character throughout this episode. She periodically, let, let me just say this. Every time I saw her, she did something I disagreed with. She got on my nerves. But I also fully understood every rock and hard place that she was in between. She never had good options. So,
1: Oh, no, she never had a good option. She was yeah. 100% right, and I hated her the entire time.
0: Mm, I'm gonna comment on 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 that later because I when I'm a hundred percent percent in the opposite direction.
1: Oh no no no! You don't. we we'll, we'll, I think we'll ultimately dovetail into agreeing. Um, yeah, we'll get there. Anyway, so we're now Ellie, and uh, she's Ellie's kind of spacing out. Joel is trying to get her attention. He's found her favorite food, Ugh. Chef Faridi raviolis, beefaroni, <laughs> and he's found a game. He's trying to like get like he's clear like Ellie is clearly not quite recovered, and Joel is trying to do what he can to kind of bring her back to herself.
0: He is. He's showing up for her. He's being he's he, being a dad.
1: He is. This is actually this sec- So I think I mentioned. I, I don't know if we made it into the episode last last time, but there were... I knew they were adding one thing, but I said there are three and a half things they have to hit for the episode to be final. Like, for for it to be correct, right? And this is kind of the half part I'm mentioning, is we need to see Ellie's emotional state. That she has not yet recovered from the trauma of what... Just this what this trip has done to her. I think... I think the the thing with David puts her over the edge. Yep. Um, the attempted sexual assault with David and, you know.
0: Having to kill him in that way.
1: It's the death of Sam and Henry. It's having to watch over Joel, him getting hurt. Um, it's the death of Riley. And I think it's, it's all... Like you said, it's all kind of like and, and David and how she had to kill him. What happened? That's it. Just kind of put her over the top. She is spiraling, and he's trying to pull her out of himself. He, we get another reference of the fact he knows how to play guitar. He wants to teach Ellie, but he is like Joel is in full dad mode. Yeah, and he's trying to like, and he's trying to distract her as they kind of make their way into Salt Lake City, is where they're supposed to be yeah um they're on the, for they're moving from the highway into town
0: so he's trying to reach out to her which we have not seen joel do in earnest not like this and this was joel from episode one yeah,
1: yeah that's why i was... call out
0: that that the titles of the episodes you know not only speak to like the encounter with the fireflies but it's it, that sentence is about joel when taken in the context of those two episodes um Because this is a version of him that we haven't seen since Sarah. He's excited. He's personable. He's warm. You know, he's reaching out to her in the way that a father would. And we saw like a little brief glimpse of old Joel when um, they were visiting Tommy and Jackson. But otherwise, it's been shut down Joel. But that thing that he would do where he's basically engaging in play with a child we haven't seen that since Sarah. So that no. was like a big ass deal to me.
1: We see a brief moment of it before he gets hurt when they're at the university. When he's teaching her how to shoot and he's make, they're making jokes on the horseback. We see a brief kind of moment of it. and But that's more of a, like, I think you're right, a more of a warming. Whereas this is he's actively reaching out.
0: Yeah, he was trying his hardest. Like, he's yeah, basically, he sh- like, tap dancing for her, like, traumatized child, please don't be sad anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 and, like, I have it in my notes, like, this is the most talkative we've ever seen Joel. Like, yeah. even when, even when it was the two of them bonding initially, before he got injured, like, Ellie is, he's talking back to her, but you get the distinct impression, like, she is the one that's reaching out and, and he's reaching back, whereas now it's him reaching out trying to get her to reach back.
0: Exactly, yes.
1: And there's an air of desperation to it. So then we get to a scene that's almost exactly from the video games. They kind of make their way into this building. They're, you know, they make this funny joke. Ellie is like calls out what they're going to do next. They're going to go into this building and climb up to a skyscraper to try to get the lay of the land. And Joel goes, no, I found some dynamite in that camper back there. We're going to blow blow our way through. And she just goes for a second.
0: Ellie kind of goes, what? Really? And he goes no, because that's the first do- joke he ever made. <laughs> yeah, like she doesn't know he's like, are you serious? Are you joking? Like she doesn't know that he's joking. What does a yeah. Joel Miller joke sound like? She has no idea. Yeah, yeah,
1: she's like she and he's like he's like yeah, but I, he's like he's in full dad mode. Like that is a total dad thing. Yeah. So they go into this half constructed building that they're, or I guess their half demolished building that they're taking down. And again, Joel is just a
0: chatterbox
1: throughout mm-hmm. the entire thing.
0: Their role is completely um, reversed. It's wild. Um, God damn it, he was cute in this.
1: It was adorable and heartbreaking. Yeah. And this is dumb, but this is a, a call out to the video game. He has to get up on pallets. There's a huge, a lot of the interactions of having to move Ellie, especially through water. She can't swim in the first game when, you've, when you encounter water obstacles. You have to move her around on pallets to find one you have to draw. you have to pull it over to her you kind of have to end, pull her through the water on a pallet and there's there there's a scene where um like it's, it happens exactly like it did in the game like you see a ladder up above it even has the um i don't know if you noticed uh on the underside of where the ladder was was at a bit of a yellow mark that's um video games have a a visual language and it's usually when, when there's an interactive element or somewhere where the game wants to draw your eye to, it's usually, you'll see kind of like a bit of yellow or white, especially if it's a climbable element. So that's like, that's how it works in the game. Like, that was visibly how it works in the game of like, you'll be in an environment and you'll look for a little scraps of yellow or white. I just, I just liked it. I will say, however, um, this Joel is much more emotionally open. Than the one in the games. Like this is so funny watch, charting the like the emotional arc of that character because in the first two episodes he's far more shut down than Joel ever was in the games. Um, and then he moves they move kind of into what I would consider like a parody with the extra complication of Joel is not really worried about aging in the games. Like that's not a fear he has. And like the fact that he's losing a step, that's not a fear he has in the, in the games. Because, you know you play as joel and then to see him kind of be a lot more emotionally open even than joel was in the games to begin with it's it's kind of interesting
0: that's Pedro, man i also
1: think it's it's the nature of the um of changing of the medium if that makes sense Mm -hmm. it's you know you can do that emotional arc. like when you're playing as joel when you're joel you can do that emotional arc you know what I mean? Like you're driving it. You're driving the action forward. You are playing the character. Whereas you kind of have to be shown it a little bit more in the games, or I think a lot of his or in the TV show or or it would come across much more muted than it does in the games.
0: Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. It's the nature of live action. It's like, the nature I think yeah. you can see that even when they take cartoons and they turn things into live action, it's mm-hmm. more there's more of an emotional element to it. Because it's not it's no longer representational. Like, even though, you know, I understand that, like, from seeing images of it, that The Last of Us game was very realistic looking, mm-hmm. but they're still representations of people. When yes. you have an actor, it's a person. <laughs> you know, you're going to see, like I was texting you about, you know, wondering, does Pedro Pascal have extra muscles in his face that yeah. helps him, you know, connote these emotions? When you have a person, it just becomes, um, it becomes a different thing. It's able to take on these other qualities. It's able to heighten certain things. It's able to decrease certain things.
1: Yeah. And I also think video games are fundamentally interactive. And so certain things that you can kind of, certain emotions you can kind of be led to in games by the nature of the fact that you are the It's Like, I don't, I was Joel. Like, I got to be Joel. I understood him inside and out because I was him.
0: Yeah, I can see that too. Like if you're immersed in a game, you almost have to think for the character. You do. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You do. That makes um, a lot of sense. Um so So there was can I pause you? Yep. Uh can you say the ladder part again?
1: Which part about the ladder?
0: Uh like when they have to get the ladder down?
1: Oh, so they're standing on pallets. Um all the way back to there?
0: Yep, that's great.
1: All right. So they're standing on pallets, which is a call out to the game. Um which is because in the game, pallets are used pretty extensively to traverse usually water obstacles because Ellie can't swim. Um, so you generally have to go around, find the pallet, drag it back to her, get her on it, move to another area. So it's nice to see pallets. Also, you're constantly boosting up Ellie to get ladders so she can hoink, yoink them down to you. And, um, if you noticed in the ladder section, um, like on the underside, of where they kind of pulled the ladder off there was like a streak of yellow and this and this is one of the things I love about video games is the visual language of games and in games oftentimes when there's an interactive element like you can't pick up and do stuff with everything in the game in most games anyway you are looking for something that's either like highlighted in another yellow or white color, and so it was just nice to see that little bit of visual element um come into the TV show as well. Um, also, this aspect plays out almost exactly like the game with Joel finds it, Ellie is distracted, you know, he has to call her a few times. Um, but this Joel is a bit more open than the ones we see in the games.
0: So, okay, so go back Go back to that, that the visual cue thing that you were talking about. If you're a gamer that's watching the show you would notice the streak of yellow under that ladder to tell you get the ladder right yeah okay i got gotcha. you
1: yeah i mean it's it's a little bit hard i mean it's yes and no it was a, I, I don't know if it was on purpose i imagine it was it probably
0: was but
1: it's it's because a lot of the times in games you you enter a new area you scan the area and like it's a subtle color hint to to go where you want to go
0: yeah it's like a highlighter, the, right
1: yeah like, it's these wonderful little visual cues to, be like, hey, no, 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 the story continues this way. Hey, this is how you transver- traverse this this obstacle. And so you do that. And it's just, I don't know, it's a nice little call out to, to the game. And so this is one of the big things that the show had to hit. Ellie scrambles up the ladder, and then, she like, she sees something. She gets up, she sees something, and she's like... Holy shit! Look at this.
0: Oh my She God. drops down
1: the ladder, and Joel's like, "What the fuck?" She got on <laughs> my nerves with that. <laughs> oh, it's just like the game. They cut out, I think, um, a little bit of a exploratory segment of the game. But you know, she sees something, and you see her just kind of yeah. flit ahead of Joel, and Joel's like, "Jesus Christ!" This child. whole
0: this whole segment felt very much like a video game. There's just some, like, I think, do you, do you call them, like, non-playable characters?
1: NPCs, yep.
0: um That are, like, unruly and unhelpful. And when they are helpful, they don't do it right. And it's just like, fucking Ellie! And when she takes off running, it even looked, like, I didn't play the game, but it looked how, like how I imagined a character like that would run. Like, even her physical running, where you can see her, but she's off in the distance and it's annoying and you're chasing her and you're just like, please wait, like... <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so what you're talking about are escort
0: missions. I imagine that they did that shot for shot. Is that not the case?
1: No, oh, it's okay. similar, but it's not it's it's in a different like the there's a latter part and then you're kind of resource gathering. I think you come across a few infected like it's there's oh. like I think like an action piece. I forget exactly, but it's it's similar to okay um, but it's it's, yeah. Um, I think there's like a mild action sequence cut out, but that's it. Um, and it's fucking giraffes. It's goddamn motherfucking giraffes. Um, it was so adorable. It's glorious, and then it's just the game like that, like to the point where the background is is the game. Like that field they're looking out to is the game.
0: They had their little father daughter petting zoo moment.
1: Oh, it's cute. It's, it's very cute. cute. She it's might be much- like
0: ten years too old for that, but. <laughs>
1: It gave me, like, very much petting zoo. Excuse excuse me. (laughs) If someone allowed me to pet a giraffe, I would look exactly like that.
0: Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm petting a giraffe no matter how old I am. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That is the correct, her response, but, like, him just, like, looking at her, seeing her happy and, like, that. Did you see that it was
0: a real giraffe? (laughs) Yes, it was. Oh, that was so cool. Yeah, they had to film it at the zoo. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, because I was wondering, like, what are the ethics of... Getting a like transporting a giraffe to set, so that's good no, to know.
1: <laughs> I think they filmed it in the like the, the the enclosure. It was like I think like all like green green screen or blue oh, screen. Oh, okay, and like they, blue like,
0: screen, yeah. Okay, I did yeah. see that, yeah,
1: yeah. And so, um, that must have been hard to film. I can't imagine giraffe enclosures smell
0: pleasant. It must have been so cool. Like, it I must want have a job where so I can pet a cool. giraffe.
1: I mean you could be a zoologist.
0: No, I don't want to do. School. I don't want to go to school and learn shit. I want to pet the giraffe. <laughs> I want to um, be an actor so that I can like pet a giraffe and
1: yeah. That does seem to be the coolest part of being an actor yeah. is like just doing weird stuff and learning weird skills. Exactly, yeah. Like I want to learn how to like knife fight or like shoot guns. Yeah. I understand I could learn both can of these things. You can definitely
0: learn those things without being an actor, yeah.
1: But, like, you know what
0: I mean? Like, weird skills
1: that, like, you wouldn't really encounter in regular life.
0: You definitely cannot just – I can't go to my job and just be like, hey, let's get a giraffe in here so I can pet it. So that's, you know, that's a perk. I
1: can't do that either. Yeah, that's, like, <laughs> a perk. Um, But so the giraffe leaves, Ellie runs after it, and we have this rooftop scene. Yeah, a family of giraffes. And, again, like, this is – the. They could have lifted this from the game. Like that like that is what that scene from the game looks like. The only change they've really made is like they've switched the position of Joel and Ellie, basically. That's the only change they've made. And um, you know, Joel tries to give Ellie an out. He doesn't he doesn't want to.
0: He tells her. He you doesn't don't want have a loser. to lose her.
1: You don't have to do this. Yeah. And he, and they don't really spell it out. Like, again, they spell it out a little bit more clearly here. It's like, which is basically like, sometimes, like, we've had some pretty shitty things happen to us. Every time we seem to get somewhere, something shitty comes. So if you're scared, basically, you don't have to. And Ellie is always is still Ellie. Like, she might have been knocked down, but she's still Ellie. And you, see, you also kind of get a peek of the intense guilt she's been carrying for the first time, I think, here, which is... Everything we've been through, everything I've done, it can't be for nothing. There's no halfway with this, you know. And then she explains to him, and, and it's in so many words saying, I love you. You're my father now, which is after we finish this, I'll follow you wherever you want to go. Tommy's, yes. Sheep Ranch, the moon. I'll follow you wherever you go. Yeah. And Joel is just... You see him kind of, it it hits him like a blow. It does. He's just so touched.
0: Not only was he giving her an out, but he was trying to get what he wanted. Yeah. Which was, so he was basically making an offer there of like, yeah, we don't know what comes next. It's been real hard. Probably some crazy shit's going to happen again. We don't have to do any of this. We We can just go back to Jackson and be safe and be a family and I don't know, pl- eat Chef Bardi and play Boggle if we wanted to, you know, like that's what he's yeah. doing. And that's definitely what he wants. And so he's, pu- oh, he's, he's, he's like putting this on the table. And when she tells him like, I'll follow you anywhere you go, she accepts that. And they're on the same page and you see, you see his face, his face during this whole episode, just like, I couldn't stop looking at it. How, how, expressive and emotive it was even when he's you know because later on the episode when he goes off his face is doing nothing like he looks dead and even that choice was so um it was brilliant and like distinctive and like showed exactly what joel's going through but in this rooftop scene it was my favorite scene because you can see in a couple of different moments that it's almost like he's been given this like huge gift from Ellie of her recognizing that like I feel the same way.
1: Yeah, this is this is I think her kind of this it's her saying you you are my dad now basically you're my dad. Yeah. Um, I might not call you dad, um, but like you're my you you are the most important person to me.
0: Yeah, and it's a it's it's a. You know, they have these like few moments where um, we've talked about them before. Like they had a come to Jesus moment. They had a couple of come to Jesus moments in episode three.
1: Because, you know, Joel is a little slow.
0: And, but this is another moment like that, but it has a complete opposite effect. Like in episode mm-hmm. three, the, the Bill and Frank episode their come to Jesus moments were about like establishing rank, (laughs) establishing who's in charge, establishing that they're not gonna get close. And this is the exact opposite of that. That they are close and that they feel very deeply for each other. Um so I like I liked that. I love their little like their moments of shared honesty with each other and what they mean at different points in the show.
1: Yeah, and I think it's also the first time it also like you're saying, it says right now that they're family. It's not so much it also says that like, I think he planned on taking her back, but at that point I didn't, I don't think he realized that he would, she would stay with him. Yes. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's no, no, no. You're mine now. Um, it, and- I
0: want to stay with you too. I mean, I think he did know that in, what was the, what was what was the Jackson episode? Episode six? Um, Uh, Yeah, because she has that they have that argument in that bedroom where she tells him and she's very clear at the the end of that episode, you know, when when she chooses him to take her on the mission that she wants to be with him. But yeah, I think you're right when when it comes to what happens after this, that this is their connection is permanent.
1: Yeah, Uh, that he takes
0: that as a really big deal because. Maybe back then. I think back then he was grappling with the fact that he was starting to love her. And I think now he fully is completely there. I mean, she just saved his life. We see how different he's acting. You know, In term, this girl is everything to him at this point. Um, for him to get what he ultimately wants in that scene is such a big deal to him. And did you notice that he smiled after she left?
1: Yeah, it's the first time it's the first time he's had a future. In twenty years.
0: Yes. Oh my god, that's so good. I love that. I love that. Yeah. The first time he's had a future.
1: In twenty years, yeah. I also think um, it's the first so, time we've
0: seen him genuinely smile in the whole show. <laughs> that I can remember.
1: Uh, we No, we see him laugh at her jokes.
0: Mm yeah, that's true, that's true. In
1: episode yeah, we see her laugh at his joke. Like it's like the first big cracks in, in
0: um, but it's like but it's yeah. like you said about future like it's the first hopeful smile yeah you know yeah that that yeah Joel's happy he can see happiness he, he can, can see, see a path to that yeah
1: yeah um so they leave the drafts and they continue on um they come down they find an old army like medical station um and they kind of chat and she asks, like, oh, I, Joel's like, oh, I was in one of these. And she goes, oh, why? Like, did you have Sarah's? No, it was the second, you know, Sarah, pat. you know, left, past early, basically. And it was, you know, it was for the, and he points to the scar in his head, it was for this. And it happened this, and she goes, oh, I thought that happened later. Like, he goes, no, it was the second day. And then he basically confesses, which was, it was me. I was the guy that shot and missed. And he goes on to tell the story of, like, Sarah was gone. I didn't see any point. And I wasn't scared. I was ready. And then something happened, and I flinched. And so this, I think, fills in something that the games kind of leaves a gap with. And I'm happy that the show has filled in, which is, why does joel continue because and i think it makes it clear that like he just can't not yes you know what i mean he just like he is compelled to for reasons that seem to be be beyond him
0: Mm Hmm. yes i love that and here's what i think it is it's a survival instinct like that's once one of the defining characteristics of this man uh, I believe also that it's a defining characteristic of Ellie, which I might mention later once we get to the end of this episode and how I feel about what happened with the fi- the Fireflies. But um, I had actually been wondering that. In fact, from yeah. episode one, after we see that Sarah is killed and then they just do that big 20-year jump, I was really wondering, like, what the fuck happened? How do you go on after that? I did not see the story about that's where he got the scar from coming at all that he tried to kill himself.
1: Yeah, I didn't see it. I Like, I just thought it was like, you know, you know, in the games too, like Joel is a banged up dude. Like he's, he's, he's lived a rough life. Like a life full of violence, like, and like violence leaves a mark. Yeah. It, phys-
0: physically and and emotionally. It could have just been like a regular scar, like any other. Yeah, it could I have just the been the story, story he, yeah, yeah, it could have been the story he told. And missed, you know, missed whatever. Missed him. Yeah, but I liked him opening up to her in this moment. Um, They both share more of their backstory than we've ever gotten previously. Or that we ever see them like on screen do. Yeah. And I think that that's significant for this episode.
1: Well, so we're only in the Joel half where this is, I think, one of the things where we've we've seen it throughout the entire series. Where Ellie is smarter than Joel. (laughs) She's just smarter than him. Um, and he goes she goes well, I know why you're telling me this and he just says yeah I reckon you do and she's actually a-, a touch wrong in this but it's so she just goes so time heals all wounds I guess and then comes I think one of the best exchanges which is it wasn't time that did that Ugh. and, and he his his looks faith, at her again his fa- and his her abs- again would- now it's her. Oh, her, I was like tears, crying, tears, tears, crying, 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 and it's beautiful. However, I will pause it. This is a wildly inappropriate thing to say to a child.
0: Why? Um, Why do you say that?
1: She is too young for
0: this. She cannot be entrusted. Like, oh, the story about him killing him, like trying to kill himself, coupled with like, you're the reason that you're the reason I'm, you, you, I'm you healed are, from that.
1: Yes, like that weight, that I emotional it weight. It was beautiful. It was beautiful however that kind of weight is not something a little kid should have to bear
0: do you know why i thought it was beautiful mhm is why? because like so many other times in this episode um and i feel like i'm saying that a lot but they th- this show is really good about thematic repetition mhm so they'll give you a concept over and over again in like different variations but um there were moments and this was definitely one of them in this episode where Joel felt like a real parent. And you know, I've, I've been on the receiving end of conversations like that, like where your parent is, I mean, in this situation with Joel, he's talking about something very extreme, but, those conversations happen all the time where, you know, and it's very touching where, where parents are like, you're the best thing that ever happened to me, you know, like that's that different. type of shit. So that's what it felt like to me.
1: I think it is that, but it's combined with something slightly more sinister. Um, Maybe, and I
0: think, but they and I live in an extreme world. They do. So basically saying, I mean, you know, parents will say that all the time. My kid rescued me.
1: My your kid gave me a
0: purpose.
1: To do any of those things.
0: Well, yeah, but I don't think they mean it that way. I think that I don't they think, just mean... I, so
1: that's, a, that's the difference. Is, is I don't think par- most parents mean it that way. I think Joel does.
0: Well, I think it's literally true for Joel.
1: Yes, it's literally. Like, it's it's literally true for Joel.
0: But it's a way of them to communicate exactly the way in which they love you. Which, mm-hmm. like... I'm not a parent, so I don't know if I can fully understand that, Um, but it felt very real to me.
1: It does feel very real, um, but I still think there there is a tendril of something else that's happening in this relationship.
0: Are you worried about that?
1: I cannot say anything more.
0: Oh, okay. Um So that's something that's about like season two. Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Um, but we move forward and we see Ellie re- like after this talk after the giraffe, we see Ellie return to herself a little bit. She busts out the pun book, um, and they're doing terrible fucking puns. And then we see we see the guys we see people sneak up behind them did you catch him in the background absolutely
0: yeah oh, it was so great it. the way they shot it because we you see our characters not be aware of this and they're just in bliss they're in this little moment where they're telling jokes and this was the first time that Joel asked for a joke or maybe not the yeah. first time but like one of them and uh you know again he's trying to cheer her up and they're in this cute little moment where you almost forget that they're in this dangerous you know, a uh, uh, city. You know, like out, like going yeah. through the cities in this apocalypse is like particularly dangerous, and you know they should be on high alert, and they probably know they should be on high alert, but they're they're in the process of this like bonding in a way where they get distracted, and um, he lets they both let their guard down. They let their guard
1: down, and then not seeing anyone, shit pops off. <laughs> yeah, so. This is actually one of the big um changes in the game. It's it's a little bit scarier in the game so there's this water um thing you have to navigate. There's basically this underground tunnel um you have to fight your way through. There's a whole bunch of infected. It's like this whole thing and then you come to like a water obstacle where basically um an underground I think it's either roadway has flooded and Ellie partially drowns. So it's not a flashbang bang you like ellie can't swim um and it finally comes back to bite her in the ass you you rescue her you're giving her um cpr when the fireflies find you um and it's not just flashbang and joel gets brained um he's trying to do it um and then it's more or less the game from here on out joel wakes up in the hospital we see that happen um, he's in a Firefly hospital, and he's, and Marlene is back. We haven't seen since episode one or two, whichever one. And Marlene is like, how the fuck did you get here? Like, I lost five. I lost, like, a ton of men getting here. I lost, like, like we, she says at least five. She lost five guys getting here. And, and Joel is like, it was all her. She fought like hell to get her, to get here. And she was like, Bullshit. I love like that because there's
0: truth in that as well.
1: Yeah, there's there's truth in both of those things. I would
0: like to think that he really believes that. I certainly I think believe that.
1: he believes it. Yeah, he yeah. 100% believes it. Because he wouldn't have done any of it that he had to do without Ellie. You know, she says she would have been dead on day one. Joel is like, where the hell is Ellie? Marlene will not let Joel see Ellie. She's being prepped for surgery. And then she walks through the cure. So, in the game, this is described as a vaccine. Um, do you actually see x-rays of the inside of Ellie's uh brain at one point in this? Like, when, you know, you're traversing the hospital. But she basically says, like, whatever happened to Ellie, that the cordyceps basically grew grew into her, maybe at a very young age. And it, it essentially, what what makes her immune is 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 that that it prevents basically the other cordyceps think she's turned when she hasn't, essentially. And Joel is like, Cordyceps is in the goddamn brain. Like and he, he he grasps immediately what's up. And he's like, No, you can't do this and Marlene does understand. She's like, I saw Ellie be born. She is my best friend's daughter. Um like and I am going to kill her to get this cure
0: she says she has no other choice
1: she has no other choice my notes just say joel gets violent fast
0: he does he demands he does. to go see her take me to her they say yeah. no and then he tries to push his way through to, to to get to her
1: yeah and they manhandle him and you know marlene is like give him his pack take him to the highway if he does anything, shoot him.
0: Can, we, can yeah, we, go ahead. That's one thing I want to go back to. When Marlene says that she has no other choice, Joel had been knocked down on the ground at this point. He looks up at her and says, I do. He she should have known. Well, one, me as a viewer on the couch was like, let's motherfucking go, Joel. I knew he was about to go off. But then yep. also, she should have known that he was about to go off. And honestly, if you're going to be about it, Mar- Marlene, put him down right there. But she's a she humane should've. person. I mean, she... Let me let me take that back. She's not... I don't believe that Marlene is a humane person. I got problems with her, which I'll get into later. I think later. she is. But I think that she tries to be at, at points that she conveniently... Not conveniently. She's inconsistent. Let me just put it that way. She selects being humane at certain times. And then other times she selects, you know, doing what you have to do, which is being a leader, being goal-oriented, and kind of all else be damned. So I love the complexity of Marlene. But if she was really about that shit, she should have just had them shoot him in the head right on that floor. Because there was no motherfucking way that the Fireflies were going to not suffer fatalities that day.
1: I don't think you're wrong, but I thought that, you know, she had stripped Joel of all of his weapons (laughs) and everything. And I think there's a part of him that is deeply thankful she brought. He brought Ellie. I don't think she could find it in herself to murder the man that brought them the cure.
0: Oh, yeah. I totally agree with that. Like, I love how they did it, how they uh, orchestrated it in the show or Mm -hmm. how they just um, portrayed it in the show. But I'm just saying in an alternative version, she should have killed his ass from her point of view. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I love about the complexity of Marlene and the Fireflies in general, they all Mm -hmm. think that they're good people. They are.
1: Um, uh, I don't know that they're good people, but they
0: are doing the right thing. I don't agree with that. And I want to save that to the end. Okay. But I'll, I'll restate what I said. They think they're good people. One, I don't think they think things through, but that's kind of beside the point and not where I'm going right now. But um, I, I think that they see themselves as like righteous. That's where I'm trying to go. And so I think that that's part of the reason that she shows mercy to Joel. Mm. Um so that's one kind of that's one side well, of the fireflies. Well, we already the know other the other side of the fi- fireflies ahead, is sorry. that ultimately I think that they were they were on the complete wrong side of this whole situation, which I will break down exactly why I think that later. Mm-hmm. But I love the—it's almost like you know um, the juxtaposition, or like if there's two sides of a scale. I love them showing the um, the fact that the firefighters,
1: fireflies, uh,
0: that the f- the fireflies operate with a a sort of code. We see multiple people, multiple fireflies. Um, try to do the right thing when Joel finally goes on his rampage. Like, one guy gives up, like, the doctor stands up and tries to do what he thinks is right. But I I just, I guess basically what I'm trying to get to is that they all think that they're doing the right thing. And ultimately, you know, the big question of this episode is about whether or not Ellie should die for this potential cure. And I think they're completely wrong on that. Um, And I think um, that, that's part of the, like, riley thing too where it's like she's getting off in this world of the fireflies but like are they completely righteous
1: no one is com- no one is completely righteous but i understand what you're saying i mean you're right we've seen them in the past they are not above recruiting child sh- soldiers
0: that's thank not, you that's yes a- that's not good and having However, Riley, a little girl making bombs
1: I think she was guarding them. I don't know that she was making the pipe bombs. I think she was, that was, she was guarding them. But Still, six of one, half dozen of the other. Bombs. Yeah. Yeah. She's 16 years old. She's recruiting a child soldier. I, I, I want to make something clear. Um, and this is not a spoiler. When you say the potential cure, to make clear, uh, the people who wrote the story and the games and the TV show, it is not a potential cure. Ellie is the cure. She can fix everything. So, tell me, why do you say that exactly? Because the writer said so. It is unequivocal. Okay, it so is, that is unequivocal.
0: I, ex- I accept that in terms of viewing the show from mm-hmm. the from the Fireflies' point of view. If I pull it into realism, there's no fucking possible way that they could know that, and that's part of my argument later.
1: I know, but that's the problem. Is is like the even the. Uh, so this this the argument that I think you're trying to have has been going on for ten years, and the actual creators of the show and and the game have weighed it weighed in on it and said, "No, Ellie is secure." That makes like sense, and I
0: I would without even knowing that I would think that they would have to say that, otherwise there's a flaw in the motivations of their characters, yeah.
1: and that's why. So in the game, she is to be a vaccine, and so. That's why I think they change it, the language a bit more clear in the show where she is a cure. It, and they explain the modus of of how they can do this and how they think they can replicate it. And to be honest, with the limited knowledge I know, I, uh, yeah, they probably could. Yeah. Like if it's if it's the communications. Uh, You're talking
0: about the chemical.
1: Yeah, the chemical. They can probably they can probably grow that in the lab pretty efficiently.
0: If, which is which is my fucking point.
1: Yeah, they can probably grow that in the lab pretty efficiently. Yeah.
0: That, uh, Let's not do it now. Um it doesn't make
1: sense, but okay. Yeah, for me it's not it's not it's not a debatable point. It's the but either way. So, all right. So, Marlene kicks Joel out of the hospital and we see two goons walking through the hospital. And actually this is I think an excellent moment of acting from Pedro Pascal and I think one of the things that he does better than almost any actor. Um Working now is is that you can see him think. Like he looks like as he's walking through, he does have a shell-shocked look on his face. But you can see him putting together a plan. Yeah. As he is walking through. They kind of walk him through the hospital. They walk him down the stairs. And he gets to a certain point and goes no further. And then he comes back through that hospital and kills every single person in it. Yep. Except for one person. We see someone who runs away. They have a braid. I didn't see that person. Where was when did this
0: happen? In the hallway?
1: Uh yeah, in one of the hallway scenes you see him, there's two people, one turns and runs, and he shoots the other, and he doesn't pursue the runner. And Then they she has
0: a braid. I'm gonna go have to go back and watch it. It's very clear. I watched this episode three times and I did not see anybody get away. Mm-hmm. She gets away. Mm.
1: So he kills everyone, even the unarmed. Um, He murders what's, and he is expressionless through this. This is the Joel that Tommy was afraid of. This is the Joel that Maria was afraid of. This is the Joel they do not want
0: in Jackson. Mm -hmm. I feel like Joel has many different sides to him, right? I mean. Everybody does. He turned this on when he needed it. Like, yes, but I think he put I on think... like an invincibility cloak and like turned into Dark Joel, and went on a murder spree rescue mission. <laughs> like, I don't think
1: it's Dark Joel. I think that's who Joel is. It's always been who he is.
0: Uh, he has
1: been he's been willing to use violence for a very long time.
0: It was Dark Joel. It was like Joel on hyperdrive. Like oh yeah, he was getting fixated. Shit done.
1: But I believe this is probably the Joel that Tommy lived with. That Tommy has nightmares about. I'm sure it is. I would have nightmares too.
0: Because he looked, that was the thing, that was my first reaction to it, which is why I had to watch it again without the rawness of the scene. It was terrifying. And like you were saying about how Pedro's face was expressionless.
1: And I like that they cut to his, 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 his shoes or his feet often, where he is just slowly, methodically moving through this hospital.
0: Yeah, and picking people off. Yeah. And you could kind of see in him there was nothing there. It was he it was pure evil. Like it was a manifestation for a brief moment, a moment in time it, at which it would be useful, pure fucking evil.
1: I told you Joel wasn't a good person.
0: Yes. This is a big thing for me with this episode. In the moral scheme of it, the use of evil in this way was in service of the greater moral good to me. I don't think there's any world that exists. And see, I don't know if I find fault with the show itself because I, you know, shows set up their plot the way they want it. Mm-hmm. Very, very often I accept it. I don't quibble with like what shows want to do. But I will quibble with characters, their rationale, their motivation within a show Mm -hmm. in a way that I try to still make consistent with the show. There is no possible world that exists where killing an innocent girl is ever the right thing to do. She is the only innocent player on the board. And I I think that what they're trying to call up for people is that it's an old philosophical question. It's
1: a trolley problem
0: that comes out of utilitarianism, right? Mm-hmm. Do you favor what's good for an individual or small number of people? Or do you favor what's good for the greater number of people?
1: Yeah, it's a trolley problem.
0: Yeah. And I feel like most people would say, oh, well, the greater number of people. However, those, hy- those hypothetical questions are always set up in that way to play on the conventional emotional reaction of the human brain. It's not a real question.
1: Well, that's the whole point of this game.
0: Yeah. So what I'm saying is there is no possible world where killing an innocent person is ever right for a future outcome. You can't, to me, you cannot square the morality of that. And
1: what about all the other innocent people?
0: The problem that those people suffer under, or like, are potentially faced with, was not something that anybody made or can control. So no. the solution is to fix that problem, not to. She is to... the
1: solution. Unequivocally, she is the
0: solution. That is that is what the the creators posit. I I get that part, but what I'm saying is, in the in the mind of the character Joel. mm Hmm the solution would be to fix that problem. That problem is not his problem. That problem is not necessarily needing to be solved by killing an innocent person who is his daughter who he loves. There's no parent on the face of the earth that would do that. There's no rational human being that's standing beside that child that would make that choice. It's also the reason that the idea of Christianity, why that works, is because nobody can imagine that sacrifice. The sacrifice of an innocent, to save of a pure everyone. innocent, for the rest of everybody else. So this is kind of my take on the big moral question about what Joel did and from his point of view, why he did it and why, to me, it is the only correct outcome Um when faced with the situation that he was faced with. So basically, when he learns from Marlene that, according to what Marlene says, at least, they have to kill her. They have to do this surgery to dissect her brain, essentially, so that they can then synthesize this chemical, she says, that is basically tricking the fungus, the cordyceps, that's in Ellie, into believing that Ellie herself is part of Cordyceps. Joel finds that out and all that he knows is that these people are trying to kill his kid. It doesn't matter to him what purpose they're doing it for. You know, I view Marlene and the Fireflies as very similar, different in ways, but also very similar to David and his cult in that they're both two groups that are motivated towards survival. For David and his cult, you know, they are trying to survive in a famine situation. For Marlene and the Fireflies, they're striving for survival as well, but it's survival of the human race. And they both wanted to kill or harm Ellie in furtherance of their own goals. And they both wanted to do so without her consent. And they made it very clear in episode eight, Joel's not going to stand for that. And, and no parent would. Um, I do not accept that the only answer to curing cordyceps has to be through killing Ellie. Our human morality, our innate, like natural morality, tells us that you don't sacrifice an innocent in service of some other potential, a further away potential. That's what those problems are about when you weigh, um, you know, the good for the few versus the good for the many. Is they ask you to put aside your humanity and make a choice that is only based upon kind of an objective rationality, which doesn't really exist. And I think as, as Joel, as a father... He doesn't have any other choice. I think that that's kind of why. I will never say, and I said this in like episode eight, and I've been saying it all throughout. I will never say that Joel is a bad person. He did what he was supposed to do, what he was meant to do, and that he protected his daughter. Just as much as you ask Joel, are you truly willing to damn the world in order to save Ellie? You could also ask him the reverse of that, which is, Are you willing to kill your innocent daughter in order to save the world? There is no way to kind of equate those things. There's no way to say that one is more important than the other, except for the character's own motivations and the proximity that they have to Ellie. For Joel, that's an easy answer because he clearly loves Ellie. For Marlene... We've always seen her have this distance with Ellie. And that's very much in keeping with her character, too. And then we then know that she takes Ellie and gives her to Fedra. You know, so she hasn't had Ellie with her. She doesn't have the same moral dilemma that Joel has. She doesn't have the same moral imperative that Joel has to protect her child. It is an imperative for Joel. There's no other option. And then I also wanted to talk about the fireflies' plan didn't make sense. Like the whole thing, I didn't know that Neil Druckmann had said, or whoever said it, that Ellie is the cure and that you kind of can't question that. Fine. But just going on Marlene's description and her words, I would not believe her either if I'm in Joel's position. Because again, I'm going to be looking at Marlene as if she's like David. So here's what I thought about the Firefly's plan. When they get there, it's very suspicious because they're really rushed to do it. Uh, so I don't understand why they wouldn't want to study Ellie. This is the first time they've gotten her their hands on her. They don't try to study her at all. They just move to immediately do this brain surgery on her and kill her. That didn't make any sense to me. We don't see them research non-lethal options to doing this, like a brain biopsy or even like a spinal tap. And this is why it just doesn't make sense if you're a, you know, if you are a scientific researcher, or like a mycologist in particular, like, please write into the show and tell us what your thoughts are on this. But um, if they had been able to get a sample, wouldn't they just be able to culture the fungus and grow it in a lab, like Marlene said that they would do? Why did they need to get her whole brain? Why did they need to dissect her brain in order to have this work? The spinal tap option is particularly, seems like the way to go to me, because we know that fungal meningitis sometimes shows up in cerebral spinal fluid. And scientists of that time would have known that. It doesn't happen all the time. It sometimes happens. But there's even more reason why it might show up, why cordyceps might show up in her spinal fluid. And that's because... The show tells us that cordyceps impacts your motor functions and the spinal cord actually has this unique and significant role in um, your kind of most basic, your your most basal motor functions, like your reflexes and things like that. So to me, it makes sense that cordyceps would uh, potentially be in that area and be in her spinal fluid and they could extract it that way and simply grow the stuff in a lab. And then from there, once you have enough of it, you can isolate that chemical that they wanted and synthesize that. And they basically complete the same process without having to kill Ellie. Um, If they couldn't do it that way, if they couldn't find any fungus in her spinal fluid, then do a biopsy. You're in a big hospital, you have a surgeon, So I don't quite understand why their options are so limited. Um, So if anybody has anything on that to make that make sense, please let me know. They also tell us in the show that the fungus is all connected and that what happens in one part of the fungus can impact another part of the fungus. So I would actually be worried that if you kill Ellie uh, and, and this fungus is so intertwined with Ellie that it thinks that Ellie is a part of it, Would that somehow change the behavior of the fungus? And then also, I just want to talk about their execution of science. It sucked and didn't make any sense to me. They completely abandoned the scientific method. I don't even know that I accept their hypothesis that the reason that Cordyceps is not taking over Ellie's brain is because it thinks it's a part of her. And I don't mean to ask too much of a show, but if this fungus is not impacting Ellie the way that it's impacting most, you know, all of the other human population, we see that all the time. And usually the reason for that is that they have some kind of genetic mutation. Um, and so I'm just not convinced that the fireflies have asked the right question or established the right hypothesis or done enough research at all. They just don't jump, jump to the conclusion that they should kill Ellie because the cure lies in her brain. And, if I'm Joel, I couldn't have been out that long and you tell me that Ellie's in surgery. This is all happening very quickly. Of course I don't believe you. You know, of course I'm not gonna accept that. I think it's actually irrational and like beyond what would be a reasonable thing to ask of a father. It's it's beyond or any person really, because Marlene doesn't know that Joel now views himself as Ellie's father and that they have that connection. But I think it's almost it's an unreasonable thing to ask of any person. Um, and then lastly, I want to say that the Fireflies' ethics were completely dead wrong. And the only reason I'm bringing up that they're abandoning norms that exist today in our normal world, even though they don't exist in their world, is because... Those norms are barometers, and they've been developed over time from people acting badly, frankly. <laughs> you know, it's why society has rules and laws against experimenting on, or killing, or even creating life for the purpose of experimentation. Because not many, but some scientists have, and absolutely would commit atrocities and furtherance of their own goals. Um, so to me, the ethics of that are so clear. You don't kill a living human person in furtherance of a research goal, a scientific goal, um, even if it could potentially save a bunch of people. We're faced with that problem all the time, and there's a reason why uh, science doesn't allow that. And even if you do believe the outcome of the research is known, um, they tr- they try to kill her before sharing her existence with the scientific world. Which could be a dangerous prospect that could end up bringing a lot of dangerous people to them um, who might want to hurt, you know, or kidnap Ellie and use them for her own, their own purposes or something like that. So I totally understand the reason that you don't do that. But it's kind of the same thing uh, as what happens in the real world too. Real world too, where scientists don't want to share their discoveries because they wanna have complete ownership over it. You know, we don't know if the Fireflies have contact with other groups who might have, who might be out there surviving and have scientists within them. Uh, But I would like to think that they do. They might have scientists who would be able to collaborate and contribute to solving this dilemma if they were to know that LA existed Um, and maybe You know, a collaborative effort would bring about better options other than killing her. And they don't seem to consider that at all. And the fact that they don't pursue that other option either makes their plan a really suspect. Uh, So it's based on basically the rashness of their actions, even though it's for a very good reason, that I think it's appropriate to treat the Fireflies as villains in this case. And um, I just think that adds to and, like, underscores the, basically, just the morality of what Joel did, you know? <laughs> like, these people were a threat. And I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that the Fireflies, by choosing to go about it in the way that they went about it, made themselves a threat that he had to take out. You know, and so... um that context to me is actually very interesting and uh, I don't want to overlook that so the moral ledger is really shaky to me I think that there are positives and negatives on both sides um, on Joel's side on the Firefly side and um, it's certainly shaky on the Firefly side uh, as I pointed out it's completely shaky and fucked up on Joel's side because he, he is singularly motivated. I mean, they're both singularly motivated, but he is singularly motivated uh, to save Ellie. And he does so in the most brutal way possible without regard to the lives of other people. Some of them who tried to surrender. Um, But he went with what he knew for certain. You know, killing a little girl, but certainly killing the little girl that he loves is wrong and wasn't going to go down that day. And so... I think that that's where he's coming from. So, I'm very satisfied with the nuance of the question in the show, and even more so when trying to understand it in real-world terms. Uh, which is hard to do in a show, but that's how I like to like that's how I like to explore shows is what if this was real? What would I do?
1: And what about what Allie wanted?
0: Oh, well, I mean, I'm not there yet. I'm j- I'm just I think that's a great question. I think the show implies what Ellie wanted. I think that in the after show, Craig Mazin made very clear what Ellie wanted. She's... I don't think that... Oh, let me take that back. In the after show... Well, no, I don't have to take any of that back. But I will say this. I don't think that they actually gave us enough evidence to know what Ellie wanted. If anything, watching nine episodes of the show gave us counter evidence to what ellie wanted in that she clearly has a survival instinct i think they give us evidence on both sides of that ledger and she you know she's in the f-
1: game you
0: can read her diary yeah but in the show you can't i mean that's kind of the problem of like sometimes ta- like comparing show and game is that they're different mm. um they're different works based on like what they're what they've been shown there's an answer
1: there's an answer to this and i i can't i can't share it so like there's
0: yeah i don't want you to tell me anything but just like to wrap i'm not going
1: to tell you anything
0: the different sides of the ledger in terms of what ellie wanted
1: mm, ellie wanted ellie would have given herself yeah ellie would have given herself 100 percent, without doubt there's not a single doubt in my mind even when i played the first game not a doubt in my mind Ellie would have given herself in a heartbeat. Why do you think that? Riley. Say more. Anything Riley, Tess, Henry, Sam, Bill, Frank, all these people died. And more people, the people in Jackson, the people in the QZ zone, she would willingly give her life for everyone. A hundred percent, if you asked her. So it's...
0: At the she end would. of the show, Marley, or no, is not right. even at the end, but at the rooftop scene, which we've already talked about, when she talks about all that they've been through, all that we've done, you're saying that that's enough evidence to suggest that she would want to spare other people that same loss. Yes, a hundred percent. I think I think that that's on the definitely on the side of the ledger of she would give herself um in order to save the world i think that it's a very it's almost a hard thing to turn down people do it all the time yeah like if somebody asked me to do something like that i think i would do it i mean i think that's part of kind of how um we work we're very uh social humans are much more social than we realize right exactly like we're a very social species we want to like, especially if it's your family or your direct community, yeah. there's like an evolutionary biology um, reason mm-hmm. why we want to make sure that other individuals in our group can survive in order to see the future. In this case, it's all of humanity that Ellie has to make that determination about. Yeah. So I do take that. But I think on the other like, I just think the show also gives you a lot of evidence that she wants to survive as well. She's human. And I think that that's a commonality with her and Joel in that they both have this huge survival instinct.
1: They do. They're both uncanny in in that area.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I think that it's, I think this is a much less, like, debatable point than, like, the morality of whether or not to sacrifice her. But I'm just saying, like, I don't think that the, I think that the show could have made it more clear what she wanted. Oh, I think the show made it explicitly clear. That she would have given herself?
1: A hundred percent. It has
0: to be worth something. Everything I've done.
1: Everything yeah, but she didn't know. Through,
0: that's That's the thing that's hard is because she didn't know that it would be death.
1: I don't think she, if you told her to, yeah. I don't think, she's not a dumb person. She knew it was a risk. She always knew it was a risk. She was willing to risk her life to get there and kill to get there. She 100% she knew. She knew. She knew it was always a risk.
0: That's interesting.
1: Okay, I'm fine with that. Um. All right, so we proceed. So Joel rips through the hospital and he murders the doctor. And let's just say the shot lingers on the doctor um,
0: for a second for a reason. And it's called foreshadowing. Um That doctor was fucking dumb because he saw a gun in the guy's hand. It's and he brings a scalpel to a gunfight. What? Are, what are you gonna do? I think he was just.
1: I don't. I think. He, what? What are you gonna do? Like, what's what's the doctor supposed to do in that scenario? It's also replicating what happens in the game. So if you, ha, ha, so like there is a huge. There's something in the. So there's this huge, 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 huge debate for about 10 years until it kind of got ironed out in the second game of, um like, do you have to murder the doctor? And what kind of happens in the second game resolves that. But for, like, 10 years, people would fight about it. Like, or not 10 years, until, like, 20, when the second one come out? 2021? The second one came out. People, like, bickered about it constantly because it was this big moment in the game. It was the moment where Joel inescapably becomes the villain. It's when he murders that doctor. Because he could have done something else. Like, there's all sorts of other ways. He's a big dude. He, the doctor's physically smaller than him. He is armed. He could have just tied him up, tied up the nurses, like, you know, locked them in a closet and left. But he doesn't. He kills him. And he kills him without a second thought depending on how you play the game. Yeah. If you get in that game, um, the doctor will attack you. So you, it's one of those, like, so it's all, it's one of the non-negotiable deaths of the game. You know, Joel, like, and there's, there's also, I think a reason in the show that they stayed away from violence. So you see it in these last two episodes, but, um, and it has an impact in a way it didn't before. Yeah. But in the game, and I'm going to, we're going to, we're going to get to a point where I think you're going to see that our views are much more aligned. Um, But I'm, so like I'm not I'm, I'm poking at you for a reason because I've I've felt these things before and so I'm poking at you because this this is this is something I've I've always felt but yeah um and you go through and you have to kill the doctor you don't necessarily have to kill the nurses but you have to kill the doctor it's an unavoidable death you have to kill him and you get Ellie and you leave and it's it's the same thing
0: it's like I won't let you take her and the doctor will advance on you if you pause for a second I actually in the game. loved. When that shot rang out and he popped that doctor. Because it showed you just how deep down in the darkness and how absolutely he knows nothing in that moment except... Ellie is there. Unhook her. Except I got to get the fuck out of here. He's also under a time crunch. He doesn't know what's coming behind him, if there are more fireflies coming, if there are more people in other parts of the building. Like, he doesn't know... It's get her to safety, point blank. You're trying to kill my daughter. Yeah, unhook Anybody her. that's gonna even raise their fucking voice at me has got to go. Yeah, like unhook I her. don't, I don't care. And so I love that they showed exactly how depraved he was.
1: Yeah, in carrying and he does out it, this mission, he does it. He does it nonchalantly.
0: He murders him nonchalantly. Yeah, I got a dude. I got a gun. I'm waving it in your face. I told you to unhook her. You pick up a scalpel talking about I'm not going to let you take her. Pop, motherfucker. Who told you to talk? What are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, it was brutal. But in Joel's mind, it makes perfect sense. And I think if you put anybody else in that situation. I mean, I think like, what would I try to do? Would I try to... Reason with the doctor. Would I try to maybe make the doctor force me to have to kill him instead of just summarily executing him because he said a couple words and picked up a scalpel the way that Joel did? Maybe I would maybe give him a little bit more chance, you know, chances instead of killing him right away. But you know, they covered this in the previous episode in episode eight. Hmm with the cult like with david's cult and his inner cultist
1: cannibal rapist
0: yeah the cultist cannibal rapist and Mm -hmm. when joel captured them and he said well you know i don't did he say it or i think i said it which was just like they're just gonna come back so it doesn't matter that they've been subdued you gotta take them off the board
1: he says that to marlene
0: he says it to Marlene at the end of this At the one. end of the episode. And I love that they set that up in number eight because that was his whole rationale for how hard he went. In this episode Ooh. was like, I got to take everybody off the board. I'm not taking any chances. I don't care that you put down your gun. I don't care that you're a doctor who I could probably take without any weapons and that you only have a scalpel, you know, like, I don't care. I'm taking you off the board because you're going to, con- your whole objective is to kill my kid in service of your goals. I'm not here to judge your goals. Shit could be right. Shit could not be right. I don't know. And we all know that Joel is not like the smartest man. You know, like they've made it Joel's very clear. Not that. Joel's very good at surviving and he's not stupid. He's not but- stupid, but he's not going to, He's not Ellie. Ellie's smart. Even if they had showed him, we have definitive proof that this plan that we have for this cure or, you know, this preventative measure that's going to protect people against getting uh, against the infection overtaking their brains. Mm -hmm. We have definitive proof that that's going to work. We're going to save the world, Joel. It doesn't fucking matter. You are trying to kill my kid. There's no parent on earth that would make the choice to say that's okay. Kill my kid. So I got to get her out. And it's so perfect because it's like, that is what I would do. You know, it's like when they make those hypotheticals about like, oh, well, you can push a button and kill one person or... In, in order to um you know cure a disease or get a million dollars or like whatever they put on the other side of that equation the only reason that works is because that person is distant from you yeah, because it is a, a stranger it's a trolley problem
1: there's you, like a whole episode of um
0: the good place about this several yeah, episodes yeah but what i'm saying is those hypotheticals are not realistic they're necessarily i mean obviously they're not realistic but they are flawed in their logic because they don't take into consideration the way that humans actually work and think. well that's that's the point of the trolley problem is to to it's you
1: know you have the one versus however many on the other track and you switch what do you do and then what if then it becomes a well what if it's it becomes it becomes this it becomes this what if it's your chi- child and versus how many people Five, ten, twenty
0: the whole world. The way that people are able to conceive of their actions. Mm -hmm. Proximity always matters when you're talking about how it impacts other people. So it is a pointless question to ask when you're asking, do you put your family member? Depends on which family member. (laughs) Maybe so. (laughs) Maybe it depends on the family member. But do you put that up against some conclusion that's coming down the line for some group of other people who are not as proximate to you as your child as your family mm-hmm. member it is a pointless question because the the answer is always your family or your child you're it's gonna not enjoy even, season two it is not even a question worth asking worth going through those exercises what if it was your parent it's the same thing you choose well, your, you what choose would your you parent. do but that's why i always hated those questions in philosophy class i know i know they were yes pointless. and no maybe <laughs> But what would you do? I'm choosing my family member. What would you do if somebody killed your father? And then what? Like, what's your question? Would you get revenge? How far would you go? Oh, well, this is like, this is actually a conversation that I've had with a family member. Hmm. hmm um, I have a lot of tools at my disposal. hmm A lot of tools at my disposal. I know whatever i don't want to get sidetracked into that but my point is this the conversation that i had with my family member was Mm -hmm. regardless of what i know i should do Mm -hmm. if somebody hurt them i'm letting myself down i'm letting my family down i'm letting everything that i believe in down Mm -hmm. and i am absolutely getting revenge okay absolutely and i would hate myself for it but that is absolutely what i would do because i could not live with myself otherwise
1: and how many people would you pull along would you pull along with you what do you mean say you needed help say they were far away you needed help getting there you needed help pulling it off you had to find them you didn't know exactly who they were but you knew roughly where they were
0: Oh, I mean, I would whatever I gotta do to get it done, that's what I'm doing. So what if you got your friends killed too? Oh, uh, well, not in that way. Like, I don't think, I wouldn't try to, what I'm talking about, I would try to not have other people involved in, to be honest, but. <laughs> but um, the, the point that I was making was just like, I understood where Joel was coming from because, and I, I mean that in all sincerity. I'm not the oh. type of person to say I would do this and I would do that and like braggadocious type shit because I feel like when most people say shit like that, it's not real. It's not true. You know, mm-hmm. you wouldn't slap the taste out of somebody's mouth if they talk to you. You wouldn't do that, you know. But like, <laughs> but in this situation, if if certain and it's only a very small number of people, certain families, members of mine were hurt and killed in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I will betray all of my principles and I mean that to the very and I might not succeed but I would I would give it everything
1: we'll stop here because I think I think I'm going to there's a point to this but I'm not going to tell you where it's going so yeah, I think I'm just like going
0: to get into season two maybe and I don't want to get into that yeah okay. I'm asking
1: pointed questions Um, anyway and this is where I'm going to tip my hand because I feel like I'm frustrating you Um, I murdered everyone when I played. I I didn't even stop. I killed everyone. You didn't have to kill the nurses. I killed the nurses. I killed everyone. Every single person. They took Ellie from me. They took her from me. Yeah. And I would do anything to get her back. Anything. Yes. And I did. I ripped through that hospital like a demon i died like 18 times because i could not think straight yeah i like i did i hate marlene i hate the fireflies i don't understand when people like have like the show and they like it and they have the video games and they sell merchandise with a fireflies insignia on it mm. i fucking hate it i hate them i totally well, agree i've like that's why at the very beginning when we were talking about Marlene and I said-
0: Yeah, I remember like that. Like
1: the first or second episode and I said, I've allowed myself to become distracted. I love Ellie. I love Joel. I would do anything for them. I love them like they're real people. Yeah. I play this game five or six times. However, with that said, what Joel did was wrong. Joel is not a good person. And you're the villain of the story.
0: There, there's no hole in joel's morality which is you're trying to kill my kid i need to stop that because it's happening right now today i know that how this is going to play out if i don't do anything with the fireflies they're trying to fix a situation that nobody is responsible for by killing this fix. kid
1: so what if what if so, so again, we can do this, this, we can, we can, we can circle this. It's I don't almost like agree. saying
0: like, I hate to say this, but it, it's almost like saying two wrongs don't make a right.
1: I understand what you're saying, but like, you also need to view it from the other thing. You can say, well, they're, they're not taking, you know, they're taking an action through no fault of their own. Who gives a shit? The world is burning down and they have, they can put it out.
0: But that doesn't make it right. But that's this what I'm saying about the whole thing about medical ethics.
1: This isn't. This isn't. You can talk about medical. One like consent is the biggest one. So Ellie would one hundred percent consent. There's, there's so no... says
0: so says Marlene, and so says the show. Hmm. But the characters within the show, they never. Marlene doesn't actually know that because she doesn't ask Ellie.
1: Yes. So I think th- there is a gap here. But Ellie would. Ellie would one hundred percent agree. Um. And um the reason why joel doesn't the reason why joel kills the doctor doesn't like hold like doesn't hold or doesn't wake her up and ask her to see what it is that she wants to do is because he is afraid that she will say yes and marlene is afraid that she will say no so neither one of them ask her ellie would say yes yeah um well i actually really like that and so what what happens if she consents what then what happens if she consents and Joel does this anyway?
0: Yeah, so I actually like that the whole idea of Joel is afraid that she'll say yes.
1: She will say yes
0: because that showed him to be a true parent. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He's not going to weigh what she wants when he thinks, as the adult, as the parent, I know better. He How many think, times? No,
1: that's not. That's not his motivation there. His no, motivation like, is is, his motivation is is that she is his little girl. He cannot survive without her. He has come back to himself. He needs her.
0: I think that's interesting and partially true. But you you ask the question about you know like what what if she says yes?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't think matters to him. And I think no, part doesn't. of the part of the reason it doesn't matter to him is because the selfishness of it. Part of the reason that it doesn't matter to him is because he is acting as a father. Like, I don't disagree with you here. I just like the way they play that out in the show because mm-hmm. that is absolutely what a parent would do. They believe that they know what's best for their kid. That is their role, to do what's best for their kid. It's beautiful the way that they laid that out with the decision that, that he makes and that, and that you can read it that way.
1: So Joel kills the doctor. He gets the elevator. They get to the garage. Finds He finds a car kind of charging. I, I suspect it's like battery is charging or something. And Marlene catches him. And he looks so scared here. So scared.
0: Well, he looks and, around too to see if other people are coming.
1: Um, and she makes her last pitch that basically this world is fucked up you know, Ellie will grow up. She's gonna get ripped apart by infected or murdered by raiders. You know, she's gonna grow up, you're gonna die, and she's gonna leave you. And we don't really see what happens. She makes it's it's cut it just cuts to Ellie waking up in the car and she starts to ask questions. What happened? Joel lies. He lies so Ellie won't look. And that is they couldn't make the cure work. They had dozens of people like her. They couldn't make it. They're not. They're not. They're not trying anymore.
0: Oh, he lies, so Ellie won't try to go back and find a way to do it. Yes. Okay.
1: Because even if he'd explained it to her what they were going to do, Ellie would go back. You know, and we see her kind of roll over and kind of the cru- absolute crushed look on her face. When he when he says they're not trying to find the cure anymore, and she just rolls over and faces the other way, heartbreaking. And you know she asks what happened. He's he just goes, oh, raiders came through and swept and killed everyone, basically. Um, this this is another gap I think they covered in the game because Ellie is too smart not to ask. Um, and he asks, is Marlene okay? and Joel just doesn't answer. Um and we cut back. Marlene is not okay. Um Joel sh- shoots Marlene in the stomach. He puts Ellie in the car. She comes he comes back. She's begging for her life. And he just says, "You just come after her." Exactly. Puts her down.
0: Do you think that that's true? Yes. I do, too.
1: That's the end of the fireflies, you know.
0: There aren't any more fireflies after this?
1: I mean, I, I don't know how many fireflies are left. Um, but he takes out a significant chunk of them.
0: Yeah. I figured. And, yeah. But I just, I love that Marlene scene of him explaining himself, what he did. Mm-hmm. Because he makes explicit what i knew they were setting up from episode eight which was you you have to kill people because they will only come back you have to you have to end it you have to put an end to it which is what he tries to do
1: so um we see they get back to wyoming and joel is freely talking about sarah they're kind of hiking it's it's a five mile hike and it's a call back to i think the third episode we can do that and he is talking about Sarah. They're trying to get back to Tommy's place in Jackson. And they crest a hill. They see they see Jackson below them. And Ellie confronts Joel. And she finally tells Joel about Riley and what happened. She was the first to die. And then Tess. And then Sam. And then Henry. And she says all these people have died. And they they skip a line from the game, which is... I am just waiting for my turn, uh, which I really wish they had included in the show, to
0: be honest. So that would have helped me, actually. It's not clear to me as a TV viewer and like coming from just my perspective and how I took in the show, that Mm -hmm. she would have made that choice because she's fought so hard. I think that if they had shown a little bit of something that said, that hinted at the fact that she was willing to have this be the end of her journey, that would have made that more clear to me.
1: Yeah. So I think, I think the thing is she's fought so hard to get here. She needs to be alive to get there. Um, and so I think that's maybe part of the, the, the issue, but she says it, she says there are no half, there's no halfway with this, you know, Joel kind of, Tells her, you know, you got to try to find, you know, I know this is like the last thing you want to hear, but you got to try to find a new thing. You know, you got to try to find a new thing to lead for. And then she just, she just cuts him off. She goes, swear to me, swear to me that everything that you said happened with the fireflies happened. And Joel swears, he lies. And you see her pause. And she knows he's lying. And he, she accepts and she believes him.
0: Yeah. Now, why do you think she believed him? Or didn't believe him, but why do you think she accepted and said okay?
1: She's a little kid. I don't think she can understand. And in the game, she doesn't. In the game, it's not spelled out. Like so, like this is one of the gaps that I'm glad they they covered in the game. What is is that like? It's not clear that Ellie understands that everyone is dead. That there has been violence at the hospital. Um, it is actually a plot point in part two. Um, but it's clear she knows something bad happened. She clears. she knows Joel is lying. Because again, she is smarter than Joel. And he is saying, and she's saying, swear to me that it was Raiders. Swear to me it wasn't you. Because otherwise, the only logical explanation is, is that somehow, he escaped with her. Likely killing people along the way. Because she's been with him. She knows what he's like. And he says, I swear. And she chooses to believe him in that moment.
0: Yeah. And when she wakes up in the back of that car, mm-hmm. she ab and the fact that she even asked him that question shows that she has suspicions about what the fuck happened? Why am I in the oh. back of this car? And we seem to yeah. be making a getaway for it, right? We seem to be make to be making a run for it. She knows Joel well enough to know and she's been in enough situations with Joel, like well enough to know that one, like if we're if we're making a, a run for it, basically, that something happened to where he had to step up and protect me. And also, she knows that she's been drugged and she's waking up in a hospital gown with a bandage on her arm. Like, I really think that Ellie can put two and two together and figure out they were probably going to kill me for the cure. And Joel vetoed that idea. And murdered up a bunch of people. So I think that she fully knows or can figure out what happened.
1: Likely that there is a significant risk to her life. And that that situation was unacceptable to Joel.
0: Yeah. And when she asked him when they're on their hike, swear to me. Just the same way in the rooftop scene, when he made the offer to her of stay with me. And she, ac- and she accepts. The same thing or a similar thing kind of happens here where she's asking him and she's offering to him, tell me something that will allow us to stay a family. I know what you did. Swear to me that that this lie that I know that you told was actually the truth. And he swears and he offers her that path to keep going with him. And she accepts it because she wants to stay on that path just as much as as he does. Um, And again, this rings so true to me with like how parents operate because I think probably a lot of people out there listening can think of a time, I certainly can, where I knew that my parents were lying about something. And it can be like any, it can be anything. how did I get this scar when I was a kid? Oh, you fell down the flight of stairs. When really the real truth is that somebody was tossing you up in the air and dropped your ass but they lie to you to like protect you and not tell you that story. It felt so true to life. Like that's how a parent would act. And that's also how a kid would act in that they would accept what their parents said. And you know, they're doing that because you don't want to face a hard truth just as much as they don't want to face the hard truth.
1: It's a it's a lie that she knows she's telling. He might not she might not know the extent of what's happened, she knows something bad has happened, and she knows Joel did it,
0: but she doesn't want to look hard at it because
1: she loves him. She knows Joel. She knows Joel is capable of extreme violence. She's seen it.
0: Yeah, and Joel's not a good liar either.
1: No, he's terrible. Like at- in that
0: car, he was so bad. That was such an unbelievable lie. He's so bad. I was like, oh, and then Raiders came, and I had to yeah get you right. <laughs> like, shut up, Joel.
1: <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> she's never real. like she's and he's never lied to her before.
0: Yeah, and so I she also can spot it. I also very much like that he chose to lie to her in that moment because I know that you'll say that he lied because um, you know he wanted to like hide his selfish motivations. But I also no. like. W- would you say that?
1: No, he lied to her because he didn't. He didn't want He didn't want her to know what happened. He. Exactly. So that's much what he, I was going to say too. It's just a bad thing happened. She was caught up in it. She know he knows she, she's going to feel bad about it. Yeah. And he just wants to protect her from something bad that happened. Yeah. I don't even think it it's not even that something bad he did. No. Necessarily. It's another trauma. It's something trauma. bad that happened. Yeah. yeah. That she that that she could he could see that she f- might feel some guilt over.
0: Yeah, I think he lied to protect her from that added trauma cuz it's it's basically a yeah. repeat of what had just happened in episode 8. And she's already traumatized and he didn't want to do that to her again.
1: He doesn't want her to feel any worse than she already does.
0: Yeah. Another blow. He wants to avoid that.
1: All right. So let's get to the superlative sections because we have been talking for a very long time. Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So obviously we both liked it. I'm not even going to ask that one. So to the edge of the universe and back. Your favorite moment.
0: It was the rooftop conversation.
1: I'll follow you anywhere.
0: Yeah. Cause I, I think that showed the most growth in their relationship so far. I love
1: that. It was either the draft part or maybe it wasn't time that did it.
0: Oh, yes. And mm-hmm. then he looks at her and it's implying assume, that it was her. Yeah, I love it. I love it so much. Um
1: Endurance Survive. Least favorite moment.
0: It was the murder spree. The oh, Dark Joel that. murder spree. I
1: love um, that so much.
0: I will say that...
1: It made me so happy.
0: It was harrowing to watch. I felt so bad for him that he had to do that.
1: He doesn't feel bad about it.
0: No, I don't think he does at all. But I felt... Um, Watching him, I felt bad for him that he had to do that.
1: I loved it. Uh, I loved it. It Murder those motherfuckers, Joel. For me, it was when they get captured. It was that beautiful moment. They're telling dumbass jokes. And these, you see those motherfuckers sneak up from behind them, and they get them. Yeah. So when you're lost in the darkness, least favorite character.
0: So speaking of the fireflies, it was all of the fireflies.
1: Oh, for me, it was Marlene.
0: They all, I'm concluding her, She, they all needed to die.
1: Yeah, they did. I didn't feel even a little bit bad. And then the last one will be look towards the light, your favorite character.
0: Uh, For me, it was, it's very hard for me to give it to Joel. Pedro is what I've started calling him. Um, Because that scene was so hard to watch. But everything else, because of how that character blossomed, because of how, you know, Pedro as an actor blossomed into the version of Joel that we haven't gotten to see in so long. You know, that warm, welcoming version of Joel. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why he gets my favorite. Who's your favorite character?
1: Oh, it's Joel, because he murdered all his fucking fireflies.
0: All right. That that works, too.
1: <laughs> they can't take Ellie from me. I won't let them.
0: Yeah. So. So that was a great episode.
1: It was. Do you have any predictions for next season?
0: Um, let me see. Oh, I just want to say my predictions last episode were kind of right. Like they're in the right direction. So I said they were going to run into a a problematic group, which they did. Um, and that I didn't know they were going to run into the fireflies as well. And I didn't know whether or not that would be a good thing or a bad thing. I didn't know that the fireflies would be that problematic group. I honestly thought they were going to run into two groups. I like a group before they got to the fireflies, and then the fireflies, and something bad was gonna happen um oh, and then I will say that from way early on, I was really worried about this prospect that Ellie would have to die in order to um, contribute to the to making the cure. It's a different direction than what I thought the show would go. I thought that the show would think that that was too obvious
1: I remember playing the game and I was just so worried that one or the other of them were going to die because you see people that you kind of form these attachments to come and go so quickly and if you're wondering about season two it only gets worse um but anyway that's the end of it that's the end of the season we're going to do Ted on X, right?
0: Yes, we are going to do Ted Lasso, which he comes, comes out back. out
1: on Friday, right? Friday on, or Wednesday?
0: It comes out on the 15th, which is Wednesday, so two days from now. Um, but, yeah, this is great, and thanks for recapping it. I love this show. I so, love it so much. Yeah, thanks for putting Ten me years. onto it.
1: Ten years. Ten years I've been raving about this.
0: Thanks to everybody for listening to us walk through it. Speaking of season two, is, is there any news about when it comes out?
1: it's going to be a long time. It's I think this show started filming in 2021. Um I don't know. I think it's going to be 2 to 3 years, I imagine. Aww. It's it it did you watch the making of special after I did watch that. That was really good. That was so like the amount of effort it, it like it must have taken so long. They must have been filming for so long. Like I don't know. I don't it just There's a lot, a lot of effort that goes into the show. Um, Season part two of the games is twice the length of part one. So it's going to be hard. Um, I suspect it'll be split into two seasons, but I wonder how they're going to do it. It's going to be interesting.
0: Okay. I'm hoping that uh, it won't take quite as long because, you know, the pandemic has eased up a little bit. And so maybe that'll help them shoot at a faster schedule yeah
1: maybe i hope so and um i think they're gonna take a little bit of time because um there's a roughly a five-year jump in time between um
0: the games part one and part two mm-hmm. i really hope that they keep the same casting has, has that been announced
1: they can't switch ellies i think the reason they they cast her is because she's kind of in that sweet spot of like she, she
0: was so good at looking so little. Um, but, yeah, I, I, they can't. They can't. All right. Well, this is great. And, um, yeah, stay tuned for Ted Lasso. Mr. Lasso. I don't know when, which will be a great reprieve from how heavy this show is. Yeah, this was. is going to be nice. Yeah, I don't know when, um, what our release day is going to be for Ted Lasso. Um, but, yeah, stay tuned for all that. I'm
1: I'm waiting. I'm waiting to t- t- tell me what we're going to do. Okay. All right. Bye, nerds. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.
0: In the meantime, we'd love to hear from our listeners. Follow or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and send your comments, theories, and just any general feelings you have about what we covered this week to lifepod at gmail.com. And we may cover it on an upcoming episode. Thank y'all for listening. Until next time, take care of your characters and each other.